Welcome to the Books of Titans podcast, where I seek truth in the world's great books. I'm your host, Eric Rostad, coming to you from the beautiful Books of Titans studio in Franklin, Tennessee. My goal is to read 200 of the great books over the next 10 years and share what I'm learning. I'll talk a bit about each book, tie ideas together from a variety of genres, and share the one thing I always hope to remember from each of the great books. Today, I'm going to cover Persians, The Age of the Great Kings by Lloyd Llewellyn Jones. This is book 20 for my 2023 reading list. Well, I'm currently reading through the histories by Herodotus, and the main buildup of that book is this clash of civilizations between the Greeks and the Persians. And Herodotus presents it in this very simplistic manner of democracy versus tyranny, freedom versus slavery. And, And so the Greeks are on the democracy and freedom side, and the Persians are on the tyranny and slavery side. And this all culminates in the Battle of Thermopylae and then the Battle of Salamis. And so guess what the Persians had to say about these battles. Guess what the, what is in their writings? Nothing. It's as if it never happened. And uh, Llewellyn Jones in this book, he makes the point that the Persian past was transmitted through songs, poetry, fables, and legends, and that they had a positive dislike for exact facts or specific dates, end quote. So most of what we know of ancient Persia comes from Herodotus and other Greek writers of the time. So even uh, Greek playwrights, they were writing, they were writing plays about these battles and, and, and about the Persians. And, and there was just always kind of a general characterization of, of the Persians. Uh, we also uh, what what we also know about the Persians comes the other, from Herodotus, but then also from the Bible, and the Bible kind of presents a mixed a mixed bag with with the Persians, where on one hand you've got Cyrus uh, getting praised quite highly. And, but then you've also got the Book of Esther where, where that leader is, is presented as kind of a, a degenerate fool. Uh, so it, it, and then just think of our, our, our own time and, and what we see of the Persians. And I, I just think of one example with the movie 300. And so you, you look at how Xerxes is presented in, in that film compared to the Greeks. And you, you get a picture of, of just... There, there's one way things are presented, uh, mostly, and and that's kind of what we have of of this time. So the author's goal for this book, Persians, is to present what he calls the Persian version. So it's an attempt to to question the simple simple narrative of good versus evil, and so I want to um, to read just right from the the beginning in the introduction. On page five here, so so here we go. This this is just the the very first paragraph of, of what uh, the author is trying to do here. This is a history of ancient Persia. It is unlike other histories of Persia. Not that there have been many. This history uses genuine indigenous ancient Persian sources to tell a very different story from the one we might be familiar with, the one molded around ancient Greek accounts. This story is told by the Persians themselves. It is Persia's inside story. It is the Persian version of Persia's history, end quote. And so that's what you have in this book. It's it's an attempt to to use sources from Persia as opposed to to from Greece or 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 other places uh, and, and to to see what they have to say. And and what's really neat is that we're starting to get more of of this information. Um really kind of in the last 
200 years uh, and, and some less than that, just where they're finding tablets and they're finding uh, finding texts that w- that were are from from this area, and, and so to get a view view from that, and so the author will try to pull from from those types of things, uh, and, and hopefully in our lifetime we see more of these come out as well, so we even get a, a larger a larger a larger picture of that. The other thing the author tries to to do in this book is is to show that the Persian Empire did not follow the standard rise and fall narrative of so many other empire, empires. I mean, there's so many books out there of the rise and fall of of so and so, and and one of the books I read um, earlier this year was the rise and fall of ancient Egypt, and so so many uh, uh, empires had had this where where there was. Uh, kind of a slow, uh, a slow, relatively slow rise, and then uh, a relatively slow decline. That's not what happened in Persia, and it, it, in fact, the author likens it to a healthy man getting his throat cut. So the healthy man, you know, one moment is everything's fine and then his throat is cut and everything is not fine, and so the end of the Persian the the end of the Persian Empire happened in. Persepolis when Alexander the Great conquered that in 330 BC. And up to that point, the author says that Persia was a functional, wealthy, and, and just a secure place as, as usual. And, and then all of a sudden, it's just, it's just gone. The author describes this, this battle and this ending as a scene of unutterable horror, a place of widows and orphans, of jackals and foxes, a site for lamentation. End quote. So, how do we get the name Persia? Where where does that come from? Here is where we get that, and this this comes from the introduction. Uh, the per- the Persians ruled the largest of all ancient world empires. All the more remarkable then is its rise to greatness. It ascended out of a minuscule tribal territory in what is now the modern province of Fars in southwest Iran. In the old Persian language, the area was known as Pars or Parsa. This was later heard by the ancient Greeks as Persis, and it is that name which has come down to us as Persia. Now, the, the, what we know of Persia now is, is uh, called Iran, and he talks about how we got that name, and it, came, it comes from the, the word Aryan, and so the, the word Aryan, he says, is an eth- ethnic language label, uh, but it, it, is not, it has nothing to do with race, and so the Aryan, that's where, where the word Iran comes from, and so the, the author describes the split as basically Persia being, and, and this is probably just a very high simple simplification, but uh, Islam is is the is the breaking point there to where before Islam it's Persia, uh, after Islam it's it's Iran. Let's talk about the expanse of the Persian Empire at its at it, the height of its power. Darius and his successors controlled an empire which stretched out of Persia to the Mediterranean Sea in the west and to India in the east. It, it extended south to the Gulf of Oman and far north into southern Russia. The empire encompassed Ethiopia and Libya, northern Greece and Asia Minor, Afghanistan and the Punjab of up to the Indus River. It was rich in countless farmlands. Barley, dates, lentils, and wheats were grown, and the land of the empire groaned with precious materials. Copper, lead, gold, silver, and lapis lazuli. There was no kingdom on earth to rival its wealth. End quote. That's the expanse. Now, what did they 
speak? What, what, what was the language? How, what did they write? The language, it was an early form of modern Farsi, and it was called Old Persian. And it was written in the cuneiform script. So it was the, uh, but, but, the, but the most widespread language of that time was Ara, Aramaic. And that was the lingua franca, franca of the of the time. But I just find it fascinating. Uh, so much of what I've been reading this year has come down to us from these cuneiform tablets. So from Babylon, um, Assyria, uh, just the the, the the Mesopotamian region there. But uh, cuneiform was also used in in this area as well in, in the Persian Empire. And so throughout this book, you'll you see a lot of, of photos, a, a lot of. Um, big stone sculptures of Cyrus and, and other people. And, and there's just, there's cuneiform writing all around that. But the, the language of that would have been um, old Persian. The greatest leaders, you, you've heard these names, are Cyrus the Great, Darius, and Xerxes. And here's just some of the major dates from this empire. So in 614 BC, the, the, the Medes and the Babylonians, they sack Nineveh. And, and that's, uh, that that's, the capital or the, the main city of the Assyrians. In 550 BC, Cyrus the Great founds the Achaemenid Empire, and that rules until the end of the Battle of Pasargadi, uh, and that's where the Persians defeat the, the Medes. In 539, Cyrus captures Babylon. In 525, Cyrus's son Cambyses conquers Egypt, that's uh, Cambyses II, he conquers Egypt. In 490 BC, that's where uh, Darius invades Greece at the Battle of Marathon, and that this is where we start getting into Herodotus. 480 is the Battle of Thermopylae, and then 330 BC is when Alexander the Great conquers Persia. Now, for this book that uh, just, I, I like to share reading stats just so you know how long it might take you. It's a 397-page book. And it took me 11 hours and 56 minutes to read through it. That was from May, uh, no, sorry, June 10 through June 24. And it's so that it took me 15 days to read it. Uh, one quick note, uh, it took me a while to read this one because I was traveling a little bit during the time that I read this book. And one really cool thing is I had this book with me on a trip to the, to the UK. And on that trip... I visited the British Museum, and so I saw the Cyrus Cylinder. I saw some other things from from this area, and it was cool. I, and I, I would mark it in the book while I was reading it. Like you know, I, there'd be a picture of something, and, it was like, and, and I would just write. I just saw this at the British Museum, um, and and there were other things that that were spoken about that I got I got to see, and that was just such a cool thing. I I love that part of it, of of these books coming to life. I mean, you're you're reading about something so far in the past, and yet you can you can see these things. You can you can go to museums. You can see some of these clay tablets with the the cuneiform. You can see the Cyrus cylinder, and. And so I, I'm going to keep this episode short and just share one thing I found interesting, and then I'll, I'll share the one thing that I'm still thinking about uh, after after having read this book. So I, I'm going to stay on that topic of the Cyrus Cylinder and, and just describe uh, uh, what it what it is and and what uh, what we learned from it. Uh, now the Cyrus Cyrus Cylinder it's it's a famous piece, and it was uh, it was it, it was a, something that was said by Cyrus. And, and it's, when you see it in the museum, like it's, it's rather small, like I, I kind of, you know, pictured something huge in, in the Cyrus cylinder, uh, but y- you could hold it in your hand. And 
but he describes the the battle and 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 conquering Babylon, and so this is this is from the events of October 539 BC. And so here's a little part of this Cyrus Cylinder. I, Cyrus, king of the universe, mighty king, king of Babylon, king of Sumer and Akkad, king of the four quarters of the world, eternal seat of kingship, whose reign was loved by Bel and Nabu, and whose kingship they wanted to please their hearts. When I had entered Babylon peacefully, I set up with the acclamation and rejoicing the seat of lordship in the palace of the ruler. Marduk, the great lord, gave me Babylon, and daily I cared for his worship. The city of Babylon and all its cult centers I maintained in well-being. The inhabitants of Babylon I allowed to find rest from their exhaustion, their servitude I relieved. Marduk, the great lord, rejoiced at my my good deeds, me, Cyrus the king, who worships him in Cambyses, my very own son, as well as all my troops, be blessed mercifully. In well-being, we walk happily before him. End quote. So that's some of what is, is written on that that Cyrus cylinder. Uh, just kind of goes on from there just to talk about uh, Cyrus's uh, interactions with, with the Jews. He let a lot of the Jews go home that were in that had that had been captured and, and were in Babylon. Uh, that was kind of that was called the Second Exodus. So the 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 Jews were were allowed to return back to their land, and uh, and because of that, in the Book of Isaiah, Cyrus is is lauded pretty pretty highly for that. So I, I just thought that was interesting, and in, in, you know, reading this this book about the Cyrus Cylinder while I'm I'm able to see the actual Cyrus Cylinder was was something really really cool. Now for the one thing, and I hate that this is the one thing that I remember from this book, but there is a description of uh, execution, and it's called The Ordeal of the Boats. And I'm not going to describe it because it is so it is so awful that uh, I can't get it out of my head, and I really wish I hadn't learned about that because I it's it's the worst thing I've ever heard of 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 how how you could die. So uh, unfortunately, that's the one thing, but. Further than that, uh, this this is an important book to read if you are in the midst of reading some of the great books from Greece uh, and maybe some others from Rome from Rome as well, uh, because they they give a certain picture of the Persians that uh, might there there's there's got to be elements of truth in that, but it's not the whole picture, and. It's important to read books like this that that do give a picture of the the Persian version, or or reading and and seeing from some of of materials that that originated from there, or that we've discovered in in just even the last hundred or, or two hundred years. I think it's important to to read things like this to to see that other that other side of things. I I really enjoyed this book in the aspect of how many other of the great books were highlighted here. Obviously, Herodotus comes up all the time, uh, so you're learning a lot about Herodotus. You're learning about some of the other Greek writers, some of the other Roman writers. So I actually added some of the books that I, I want to read for the Great Books Books Project, just from from learning about them here. Uh, to take a quick step back, the reason I read this book is I I combined it with a couple other books. I I started. I, I realized as I was starting to read the great books that I had a major lack of knowledge with three uh, civilizations in particular, and those were uh, in, in people groups, and that was the Assyrians, the Babylonians, 
and then the Persians. And so I got a book about each of those. I've covered uh, the, the Assyrians and the Babylonians in previous episodes. And then I, I, uh, this one is the Persians. I actually got another book recently about the Scythians, because when I started reading Herodotus, I realized that I didn't know very much about the Scythians. So after I finish Herodotus, I'm going to finish this book about the Scythians as well. And, and I'll probably cover that on the episode at some point. So uh, the 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 other uh, idea that uh, that excites me when I come across books like this is just that there's still a lot of information out there. There, uh, first off, there's just a lot of clay tablets in museums that have not been read yet. Uh, AI is. I, I think going to be able to help decipher some of these that, that will speed up the the major delay right now is just that the there's a lack of scholars that are able to read these these tablets and so it's just going to take time to go through them but but you never know we, we we may have something already in our midst that we just haven't been able to read that will open up insight into Persia that we just we just have hadn't had before I think that's so exciting. The other exciting thing is just if if they if they do more excavations in these areas, they may unearth other clay tablets. They may unearth other other things where we can learn more about these civilizations. So it's such a cool time to be alive. Uh, some of these things from like ancient Babylon and like even Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh did not get rediscovered until 1872 and it had been lost since around year zero and so there there was almost this period of 2000 years where we didn't have gilgamesh there have been hundreds and and thousands of years where we haven't had some of these things we're 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 finding them recently and it's it's neat it's neat to think of you know on on one hand we've had homer for uh, around this the the time since since it was written we haven't had Gilgamesh. There, there's a period where it was gone. We haven't had some of these other things, and, and now we're starting to discover it. We're maybe able to to see another side of the story that we've only gotten one side throughout history, and now now we're getting the other side. I, I love this stuff. I think it's so cool. I'm, I'm loving learning, learning about it. So I, I, want, I wanted to share some of these things I learned about Persia in this episode here. Well, thank you for listening. That'll do it for this episode. I uh, am going to try to cover Herodotus next week or the week after. In in reading the histories, it, it is in my top 10 list of all books ever. I, I just think it is one of the most fascinating books. It is so exciting. It is so well-written. Uh, the intrigue, the... I, and, and I just didn't know a lot of this stuff going into reading it. So uh, I don't know how a lot of this ends up. And so the, uh, Herodotus will be writing about particular people and just, you know, leaving these, you don't know where it's going to go. And, and I'm, I'm kind of glad I don't know this history because it's, it's exciting to, to, to learn about it for the first time and, and to get roped along by Herodotus and, and not know how uh, certain people are going to end, if they're going to end on the, the, the right side or, or the, if they're going to go, go bad or, you know, it, it's, it's really fun to, to be going through this. So I hope to cover that in an upcoming episode episode here. Uh, if, if you have read this book about Persia or you want to share something that you've learned about Persia, please email me at eric at booksoftitans.com. That's eric with a K, so just E-R-I-K at booksoftitans.com. I would, I would really love to hear from you. You can also follow the Books of Titans on Instagram or Twitter. 
just at Books of Titans. And I have a website, booksoftitans.com. Please sign up for the newsletter. That's the best way that you can keep up with, with my reading project that I'm calling, calling The Great Books Plus, where I read a great book and then I pair that with a uh, ancillary book, a, a guidebook of sorts to help me understand that main book. So this book, Persians, was was one of those ancillary books to kind of just give me a broader scope about Persia as I read about Persia in, in some of these great books. Uh, I'll be back next week then and hopefully discussing Herodotus. Until then, keep reading, keep learning, and keep listening. I'm out. Mm-hmm.